You guys ready to get into the Word tonight? You did a good job singing, worshiping tonight, and uh, I'm excited what we're going to share tonight. I'm actually going to kind of jump off of something that I shared last week about um, our intimacy with God and that so often we want God to do something, fix something, help something, move something. And a lot of times God is just wanting to, do you remember? He just wants to say something. He just wants to say something. So let's piggyback off of that tonight. And I want to share with you uh, uh, about intimacy with God through his written word. Intimacy with God through his written word. Do you understand how important the word of God is to us? Okay, real quick tonight. And do you mind if I teach tonight? All right, we're going to do math. Now, you know better. You know better, don't you? All right. Three basic needs of every human being. Everybody here? And everybody that you know, um, you know what, too? I'm, I'm seeing one of our folks just got back from Afghanistan, right? And uh, came back to his wife and his, and his little baby daughter and uh, just recently returned. Would you all stand up? We just want to welcome you back, man. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> That's awesome. Precious. And you're in the medical field, right? So thank you for doing that. And welcome home back to your little family, too. That's awesome, buddy. God bless you. All right. See who else I see. No. All right. Three basic needs of every, every person, every human being. And we've talked a little bit about this. I'm going to get this in front of your eyes again. It's intimacy with God. Intimacy with others and self-worth, not Fort Worth, self-worth. So intimacy with God, let's go over that word again. Intimacy is safe, warm, fully known, fully accepted, fully loved. Um, It's not the cheap thing that TV and movies would try to try to tell us. and you've got to have that. You've got to, you've got to have intimacy in your life that you're safe, that you're known, you're accepted, you're loved. I pray that even with all these people here tonight, and God bless all you for being here tonight. I pray there's a sense of intimacy tonight in that you feel safe and, and warm. You can't get all of that, though, in a big old group like that. Because then you've got to be known and, and know. And... We have to have that with God. And look at me and listen to me. This is the most important thing that you must have in your life is intimacy with God. Second thing is intimacy with others, with other, with others. And you've got to have other safe people in your life, not toxic people, but safe people in your life. You know, you're. Your spouse, your friends, your family, you, you've got to have those people. And again, and I know that, that Pastor Lee talked about this tonight, but small groups, we're not doing those to just do something. There's such great takeaways, such great value, such uh, uh, an atmosphere, climate, soil, if you will, for growth and health and progress in your life. Some of your best friends, you haven't even met them yet. 
you know, and, and uh, they're so close to you and, and going to enrich your life and you'll enrich their life. Because we all have that need to know and be known, to love and to be loved and to serve and to be served. We all have that. I hope you're hearing me tonight. And we have to have that in our life. And when those two things are gone, then you're going to be poised to have good self-worth. The world has this all backwards, you know, and they start here. And nothing, we have no set definition of that, so it keeps changing. And so it becomes appearance, you know, and body image or this or that or what you have or, um, you know, this is backwards. And then consequently a wrong definition of intimacy with others. And then the world leaves out intimacy with God. And it just has a curiosity in the spiritual, and that doesn't do it. So we have to have these. Everybody say this with me, intimacy with God. Intimacy with others and self-worth. Now, this was the demonstrated priority and habit of Jesus. It was his demonstrated habit and priority that he made time constantly to get alone with the Father. Now, understand this. Listening is vital to communication. Communication is vital to relationship. And intimacy. So listening. So Jesus made it a priority and he made it a habit to get alone with the Father. And I want you to remember what happened with Jesus. And I shared this with you. I first heard this 20-something years ago, but it, this just says it. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. If you read scripture wrong, you're just going to see he did miracles and he did miracles and he did miracles and he did miracles. And you're going to miss out on something. He went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer. And there were miracles in between. And, and he came to do the will of the Father, but he had to know the will of the Father. He had emptied himself of divine privilege and he had to, he had to have a relationship with the Father. And he said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. And so those, those times alone, even though, though he was extremely busy and so much pressure and pull on him, he made the effort to be alone with his, with his heavenly father. You with me so far? All right. Tonight, we want to look at learning to use God's word as a tool, if I can use that word. Uh, through which God can speak to us. Now, the world says, God speak to you? Absolutely. But we're going to see that's not, a, that's not a weird thing at all. It's not, even, it's not even a stretch. Like I said earlier, we want God to say something to us. And how many of you right now maybe have a situation in your life that you sure wish, you knew, you sure wish God would talk to you about it? Okay. Well, chances are he's already said something about it. And you either missed it well, I'm going to go ahead and say he already has said something about it. He doesn't want to make you feel bad. Um, he's already said something about it. And here's, here's the truth of it. Repeatedly. And here's the real good news. And he wrote it down. Okay, so we have his, we have his word. And his word, understand this, is God speaking to us. Say this with me. God's word, God's word. is God, God speaking to us. That's why it's called God's word. Okay. So this is God's word is God speaking to us. Let me caution you about something. And this, 
This happens in some fringe parts sometimes of the body of Christ. And that's where people go what we would call extra scriptural. And, and that means that they, that does not mean they've got a whole bunch of scripture. It means they go beyond scripture. And so, well, God told me this and God told me this and God told me. You've got to be careful that you don't come up with something God told you that doesn't correspond with what God told you. Okay. So you can't go extra scriptural on that. And it's amazing. I've watched this over the years that a lot of people that do that in short order, then God changed his mind and told him something different. Okay. And so the safest place we can be is to go with this, to go with God's word, which is God speaking to us. And you know what? It can get very intimate for us. We can come to know him intimately through his word. In Psalm 119, which is where we're going to spend our time tonight, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's the middle chapter of the Bible. And it's wonderful. And I recommend that you, that you read it. And it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's the longest, but it won't, it won't take you that long. Um, David, who was the, the writer of this, let's think about this for a second. The psalmist David wrote Psalm 119. And when David wrote the Psalms, you have to understand this, think historically here. He, he had only had exposure to seven books of the Bible that we have. He didn't have the whole Bible. The bookstore in his neighborhood had not got them yet. It was a back order. No, they weren't written. So he had the Pentateuch or the law. So the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then he also had Joshua and Judges. So he'd been exposed to those. In David's writings, be, be beyond some of his other writings, uh, or his involvement, um, he quotes most often from Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So most of David's quotes, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Can I remind you what that actually is? Law. Everybody say law. law. Okay, now bearing that in mind, uh, he refers to the law, and I'll, I'll show this to you in a moment. He refers to the law in passionate terms in relational terms. He says that he loves it. He says it brings comfort to him. He meditates about it day and night. Uh, it revives him. He doesn't want to do without it. Sounds like a love lever. I'd rather have it than eat. Sweeter than honey. Sweeter than the honeycomb. So he has all these words, relational uh, passionate kind of terms regarding the law. So let me just set this up for you. David found intimacy with his father, God, through the written word. You with me? I think sometimes we're more after a feeling or an experience. And you need to know that David found intimacy with his heavenly father through the written word. And he didn't even have all the written word that we have. Are you following me? Let's look at a few things. Psalm 119 verse 97. Everybody here? Psalm 119 verse 197. He says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Read it with me. Oh, how I love your law. You know, that was really, you know, if I told my wife, 
Oh, how I love you. That's what y'all just did. I think about you a lot. Okay. How many of you know that really go good? Okay. Okay. Let's, let's try it a little bit better. Cause look how he started. Y'all got to emote a little bit. Okay. Let's try it again. Ready? Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. He is smitten. Do y'all see this? He's got it bad. And here's, here's what happens. He meditates in God's word because he loves God word, God's word. And you know what? And then he loves it even more. And we've got to, we've got to get bit like this. In verse 98 through verse 100, and this will be in the New International. It says, your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. Now, let's look at something that happens to him. Because of his love for God's word, law even, and his exposure to it, God puts something into him. And it is this. Wisdom, insight, and understanding. Yeah. All right. Everybody said wisdom, insight, understanding. I got to tell you something too. And I, I kind of zoned there when I was writing this because I've watched, uh, one of my mentors in my life, pastor A.R. Bernard, um, you give him a chart while he's teaching and Man, he can write all over that thing. And I saw today posted that he is number three on a list of the 30 most influential African-Americans in New York. Isn't that awesome? And I, I just was so proud. I, I messed, you know, so I'm, so, I'm so proud of you and I'm so glad that you are in my life. But here we are, a, a pastor, a man of God, number three most influential man in New York. And I think that's a... And he'll be with us, I think it's September. We'll have Pastor Bernard back with us again in September. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, God gives us through his word wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. Insight. Insight. And understanding. Um, Makes him wiser, follow this, wiser than his enemies. Don't you want that one? Wiser than your enemies. More insight than your teachers. Uh, and more understanding than those with more experience than you. And, and that's coming from God's word. Okay. That comes from God's word, not you special God's word in you special. And so when you have wisdom, insight and understanding, look at me for this. You're going to make good decisions. When you have wisdom, insight and understanding, you're going to make good decisions. Let's think about bad decisions for a moment. How many of you have ever known someone who made a bad decision (laughs) or you saw it on TV or something. Okay. Okay. All right. So when you've made a bad decision, I promise you is because you lacked some wisdom, some insight and, or some understanding. So God, honestly, look at your life and look at his word. 
God is not so much busy and interested in telling you all the answers. And the word doesn't always tell you, you know, should I marry Gertrude? You know, and you're looking in your concordance, you can't even find Gertrude. So there may not be the specifics always, but what God will give you through his word is wisdom, insight, and understanding. So then you can make the right decision. That's awesome. I hope you're getting this tonight. Now, in Psalm 119, verse 102, look at this. Look how David looks at this. For you, yourself, have taught me. So he's only been exposed to the law. The Holy Spirit is not active in the earth at that time like he is in the earth. He was not yet given. He came upon kings, priests... Uh, prophets and people for special occasions, events, he would come upon them. But the Holy Spirit was not given like the Holy Spirit is given now and in our lives. And look what he recognized that I think sometimes we don't recognize. That when we're receiving from God's word, David said this, and this is intimacy. He says, it's you yourself teaching me. You yourself are teaching me. The word, through the word. Now look in verse 103 and 104. He says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. This is what happens. Through God's word, and notice what he said here, that he got understanding and insight through that passage. He got understanding and he got insight. And the result of getting understanding and insight, look what happened to him. He said, therefore, I hate every false way. And I'm curious sometimes, I wonder if we're getting the wisdom, insight, and understanding we need because there's some people that, I don't know, I think I might like this false way. And, or isn't this okay? No, there's so, there so many things in the body of Christ. My wife and I were just talking about this. There's so many people that, that love God and God loves them, but they're compromised. They're compromised and they don't know the difference from what the world says is okay and what God says is okay. And what we have to have is not, not public acceptance, but to align ourselves with God and what God will give us through his word is... Not a list of do's and don'ts, but the wisdom, the insight, and the understanding. So you can see that's a false way. And what he's trying to do is to help you because he loves you. To protect you from doing something that's dumb and destructive for your life. And it is the result of time in God's word. Everybody say time in God's word. Okay, I I just hate to break this to you tonight, but... You're going to have to read the Bible. And I'll say this again before we get out of here. And and one morning, one morning soon in your future, if you'll commit yourself to it, the word of God is going to come alive to you. It'll come alive to you. You'll start to be walking 
through your life and you realize, (laughs) hold on, I can see this for what it is. You'll, You'll be sharing with a friend or a loved one and they're going through something and suddenly you've got some insight. You've got some understanding. You've got some words of freedom to give them and it will protect you. And we have to have this through God's word. And, and you don't get it by osmosis. Guess what? I could put this right here. God's word. Love it. And still be an idiot. And you go, wait, but I got a t-shirt that says I love God's word. You've got to get it in you. You've got to spend time with God and let God himself speak to you through his word, through his word. And you will gain wisdom, insight, understanding through that intimate contact with God through his word. It's him, his God breathed word speaking to you as you let him speak to you through his word. And I'll tell you what, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life. It's going to change your path. Then you'll be able to see evil. You'll be able to see wrong. You'll be able to see temptation. You can start to see through things. You won't fall for some things. How many, how many of you have seen this before where you get somebody to do their thing? You know, you tell them, hey, do your fingers like that. And then they do it and then you just grab them. And then you got a hand free to play with their face or whatever. You know, you, you got them. And I think sometimes we walk through, the, through earth, through our life and the world saying, do this, man. Okay. You know, and then we get snagged by the world. And then our eyes are getting poked out and our hair is getting pulled and, you, you know, all these things. But you know what? If you see things in the word of God, you'll be able to see through this. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. You'll be able to see through. I, I, let me put it in these words. I don't know if this is a real word. I think you're going to be less temptable. Less temptable. I think you can avoid some self-destructive habits. Get free from self, some self-destructive habits. See what some relationships really are. See what some decisions, what the best thing to do. And I, can, I think it comes through the wisdom, insight, and understanding that God gives us. Through his word. Now, there's three ways to discover. I won't take the time to write all this out right now. There's three ways to discover the emptiness and the pain of sin. How many of you know that sin breaks things, ruins things, pollutes things? Sin brings depression to you. Did you know that? And as fun as you thought something was going to be, I promise you, if it's not in God's light and in God's path and you go, but it's fun, it's fun. Come on, or everybody's doing it or whatever it will be. I promise you, depression comes with it. And so some of y'all, and this may be just a word for some folks tonight, you don't understand, you know, I'm going to church, I'm doing this and that. Yeah, but you got something in your life that keeps depressing you and it's because you keep, keep crying. The word will show you that. The word will show you that. But there's three ways essentially to learn the emptiness of sin and the pain of sin. The first is experience. How many of you have ever done something before and you say, I will never do that again. Come on, can I see your hands again? I will never do that again. I will never pull the dog's tail again. You know, whatever it would be. We had a little chihuahua growing up. 
and this is back when TVs were on legs and TVs were real big. And this little chihuahua lived under the TV. No telling how much radiation was there. And it lived either there or in front of our refrigerator. And we had a big old brown refrigerator and it like had a furnace blowing out the bottom. You know, it had this vent. So the dog either lived there or there. And sometimes I'd go up to the dog as a kid and I'd get close to it and I'd start blowing on it. And its little chops, its little lip would just start quivering. And I'd go, you're crazy, aren't you? I don't do this to Alicia's dog, okay? I don't. I just want to make that clear. And one day I just got closer and closer and and I'm blowing on it and all of a sudden it, it snapped and got my lip. I'm like, ah. how many more times did I do that? Never. And I walked by that dog, stupid radioactive dog. So the first way you discover some things is experience. Everybody say experience. Okay. The second thing is this observation. Have you ever watched some people and you go, I will never do that. That's what America's funniest home videos is all about. You know, you won't find me on a trampoline or hitting a pinata, you know, because, because you see those things. Oh, I will never do that. You, you should be observing people. Now, on Sunday, we talk about don't judge them, but you should observe. And you're just going, oh, don't do it. Oh, no, I can't even look, you know. And you watch people do some dumb stuff, and they experience the emptiness and pain. The third way, and this would be the best way to go, instruction. Instruction. And that is that you could see from God's Word. Remember, we've talked about this before. You either learn in the classroom or by crisis. It's best to learn in the classroom. Don't blow in the dog's face. Don't touch the fire. Don't pet the shark. You know, what, what, whatever, whatever it would be. You can, you can see it in God's word. God will give you the wisdom, the insight, and the understanding concerning that. Are you all with me? Now, think, just think about the things you could have avoided if you'd paid attention to wisdom, insight, and understanding. Look in verse 5, uh, 105 rather. David says this, your word, everybody say your word, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Everybody read that with me. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. One more time. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man, if you just really believe that. What does that mean to your feet and to your path? It's your directions. It's your steps. It's what to avoid. It's where to step. It's even the pace of it all. And I want you to notice what he said. It's your word. It's your word that's the light. It's, the, it's your word that's the lamp. He didn't say it's a voice. He didn't say it's a feeling, a sensation, goosebumps, a presence, anything else. He says it's your word. So listen to me, believers. Listen to me. New Testament believers. First and second commandment people. Listen to me. You've got to get the word of God in your life so you know where to step, where not to step, how fast to go, when to stop, when to go ahead. His word 
is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It will give me, it will give you wisdom, insight, and understanding. Somebody say something tonight. All right. Now, you can only get this though. You can only get this, and I want to get it in the order I kind of wrote out. In quiet, alone, Bible open, meditate, listen, study. You can only get it in those things. You can't get it with your hyper-fast, frenetic, just all over the place, but I got it. No, you don't. Sit down, hush, chill, open the book, get quiet, get alone, Bible open, and not just there, it's open, whoa. Sorry about that. Thank you, Mike. That hurt me. Bible open, alone, listening, studying, reading. We just posted this again. I did a whole teaching called How to Study the Bible. I did another series called More Than a Book. And we just, if you go to our, um, to our, our church website and then go to my Facebook link off of that, they just posted all of that again that you can get to that so that you can know where do I, where do I start? What do I do? How do I do this? It is not that hard. And there are two teachings that are posted on there. You can get the notes, you can get the video, you can get the audio so that you can do this. But I'm telling you, the posture has to be quiet, alone, Bible open, meditate, listen, study. All God needs from you is some time, some undivided attention, and a listening heart. If you'll give him some time, some undivided attention, and a listening heart, he's going to pour these things into you. Now, let me go a little bit further. And he's also in those times, because this is intimacy. I need your attention for this. He's going to speak to you about you. He'll speak to you about you. And his word will be able to do something here that will help you to address the issues of life and and to look at yourself. Let's look real quick here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God, there it is again. The word of God is alive. Say it's alive. And powerful. It is sharper. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Can I put it in, in our terms today? This is sharper than a surgical instrument. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit and between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Listen to it in the message paraphrase. God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Cutting through Everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Only God's word can get down to a level that nothing else and no one else can even get to. Do you hear me? Only God's word can get down to a level in you. This, this is real intimacy here. Only God's word can get down to a level in you that nothing else and no one else can even get to. Nothing else can get to that place. No one else can get to that place. Only the word of God can get down on the inside of you. 
and then speak to you about something and show you something. Now listen to me. And this is, a, this is not a house of condemnation. It's a house of, of grace and truth and, and love. But God's word will begin to show you in the safest, best way possible why you deal with what you deal with. Why you're insecure. Why you're fearful. Why you tend to be addictive in your nature. Why you're angry. Why you always have to be in charge. Why you do this. Why you do that. The word of God will show you. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want anybody messing with that. I know that's why you have it way down in there. And nothing else and no one else can even get there. And you've pushed it and I've pushed it. We've all pushed it way so far down and boxed it in. It's a fortress that we can't even get to it. Listen to me. We can't figure ourselves out. We can't figure ourselves out. So we continue trying and doing our best, but then we're angry again and insecure again and fearful again. And and there we go, back to the thing that we thought we were free from again. But I'm telling you that God's word, which he he himself teaching us, is sharper than a surgeon's scalpel. And it's able to get down to a place in you and in me that nothing else can even get there. No one else can even get there. And he's able to get in there with his word and show you things about yourself and show you what to do about it. And you come to know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. Don't you want to be free? But see, I don't trust anybody else to get way down in there. But we can trust him. We can trust our father who loves, listen, he loves you. So much. And he knows what to do, how to get down in there and to help you. But it does not happen. Y'all ready again? It doesn't happen just because of this. Jesus. It doesn't happen because of that. It's because you give him time, undivided attention, and a listening heart. And I'm telling you what, he will, he himself will speak and will teach and will help you. I want that. I think you want that. And I want that for you. I said this earlier, morning is coming in your future soon that the word's going to come alive for you. Pastor, why you say morning? Why you got to go there? Because I think that's the best time for it to happen. Before you get all bothered and crowded and your world gets noisy. Just think about it. Well, I'm not a morning person. I think I said this last week. I, I noticed you're not much of an afternoon person either. You know. <laughs> just, just think about our world. In the morning. You know, I could go out on our front porch in the morning. Last couple of mornings, we've gone in just the front room of our house. And so then there's some woods and then there's a, a road that goes by. And you might hear a car every now and then. Shh. Wait a couple of hours. 
That was you on the way to work. And all that going on. Just that. And then the noise. And then the dogs. And, and everything else going on. And then the phone. And all these things are going on. And, and it just gets so busy. And you're going to have to do like Jesus did. It was such a priority to him. It's the most important thing that can happen in your life. You've got to get alone with the Father. But here's the thing. We don't know what to do when we get alone with the Father. He's already got the conversation started. And we need to listen to him and hear from him more than, he need, more than anything we need to say to him. Amen? I got a little four-part prayer we're going to do. And then I, I want us to do a couple things before we leave here tonight. Who is Pastor John, come on up. Let's, let's make this our prayer tonight. Let me read it to you because I don't want you to dive into something you don't agree to, okay? So it's kind of like those things you read over and then check if you agree, okay? Heavenly Father, here's, here's the prayer I want to lead you in in just a moment. Heavenly Father, let the light of your word shine down into the dark places of my heart. Let the promises of your word encourage my soul. Let the truth of your word reshape my attitudes. And let the wisdom of your word guide my decisions. I mean, I think that'd work. Amen. All right. Let's, let's make this our prayer right now. Why don't you just hold out your hands before the Lord this evening this way. Heavenly Father, let the light of your word shine down into the dark places of my heart. Let the promises of your word Encourage my soul. Let the truth of your word reshape my attitudes. And let the wisdom of your word guide my decisions. Father, fill me with wisdom, insight, understanding that only comes from your word. I receive your word as you speaking to me. I'll never be the same. I don't ever want to be the same. Your word is a light into my path. It's a lamp into my feet. Oh, how I love your word. Father, that's our prayer tonight. And we launch that from an honest heart tonight. And we commit to you that we're going to give you time, undivided attention, and a listening heart. That's the soil that your word will really do an incredible work. And it will not return into your void. We'll never be the same. The people around us will never be the same. And we'll have... The wisdom, insight, and understanding we need to make good decisions. And tonight we just thank you so much. And because in what we see of this tonight, we again say to you, oh, how we love your word. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.